Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Ripper. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. Before we get into week three of the 2023 SEC football season, just something real quick. I get asked all the time, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, Dad, there are a few ways, actually. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on your platform. Number two, you can definitely subscribe to the podcast on that platform and others. And number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this with them and others. Number four, you can support our sponsor. And number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, about being a sponsor. That's CousinBailey at gmail.com. Well, so uh, we are, what is it? One step forward, two steps back? Or wait, no, 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 the other way around. I'm sorry. Two steps forward, one step back. So uh, our uh, actually, the guy who would probably would have been leading the charge of the uh, picks this week, that's Gus, is out of town. He's across the atlantic ocean enjoying his uh i I, i'm sure he considered his homeland how much he loves scotch um but he is in the lead or excuse me dr riffick has maintained his lead at nine and eight gus is at seven and ten malt liquor and cousin bailey are in the cellar at five and twelve but we lose gus for the week but we are joined by something old something new actually too old but uh our one of our uh Founding members, uh, what did you call that again, malt liquor? What's the term? Plank? It's called the plank owner, sir. Plank owner. I apologize. Plank owner. So I guess that was a, a, one of the former bourbon boys. That would be Larry Borkestorf is in the house. What's up? And also, loyal listeners will remember I Hate Bourbon Jim, who's back, which is a <laughs> funny name. Now I just think about it. Maybe not Jack or Jim, but Jim is back. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get in some picks in a second, but I uh, wanted to, and we will be able to talk about the Gator game this week because there is a line and it's it's a big one. But before we get started, why don't we go around the horn and um, stick with uh, let's start with malt liquor. What are you drinking, buddy? So I am drinking in my newly acquired. Minneapolis United Loons koozie, um, a uh, Kings King Street Venue Kolsch, local brewery oh, here in Tampa. Very good, very easy drinking. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's good. Um, unlike my record, which I would rather forget. But anyway, well, um, there's always time to make up for it. Hey, true. um, since you're since you've got that koozie, why don't you tell everybody why you have a Minneapolis loons soccer. Oh yeah. So I, I'm a huge marginal MLS fan. So I, I flew up exclusively to watch the new England revolution take on the loons. Uh, no, actually I was up there to watch the bucks play the Vikings. Great weekends caught a twins game target fields. Beautiful. They're the Minneapolis United, which is actually in St. Paul. Um, soccer fields, really nice. And the Viking stadiums, unbelievable so uh but great game uh the minnesota loons tied it in the 93rd minute 
1-1, partly assisted by their goalie, who was all the way up the field because it was literally like their last gasp. So wow, about as exciting as a 1-1 tie could be. But anyway, that's right. That, that's what. So uh, yeah, I don't have an MLS team, so why not adopt the loons? That's great. That's great. Well, that sounded like an awesome time. We were getting text message updates and photos. It seemed like a wonderful time. Uh, Dr. Riffick, what do you got there, buddy? Uh, I have a Dragoon abdiction. Fantastic. Fantastic. Dragoon. So, let's What flavor down. is that? What kind of... Oh, it's a... Uh, no, it's a stout. Uh, stout. Oh. And they put it in some barrels to age it. Nice. I think it's... I think it was like nine... Eight percent. So good luck. Light fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. So uh Jim, what do you got there, bud? I'm drinking Talisker ten. It's pretty much all I drink. Uh Scotch. besides that margaritas. Yeah. Scotch and Rita's buddy. <laughs> Scotch and margaritas. Yeah, I don't drink beer much beer, I drink a little bit. Yeah. But like light beer. I can't do those hoppy. 10 to 12 percent beers it's like insanity two of those and i'm just like yeah i don't know where, where i am but for some reason uh scotch neat is my go-to and gus is probably visiting this distillery or has visited within the past few days because like as you mentioned he's in scotland i told him to go there because it's one of a lifetime experience so hopefully he made it i haven't caught up with him but yeah, cheers. He said yeah, to, a, he, go ahead. He said he said today he spent 450 pounds at Oban. Um so that's, <laughs> where they, that's where they went today. That's his favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just bringing back party favors. I might I actually like that one. That's scotch. Yeah. I'm not really a scotch guy, but obviously it's you know to each his own. I like bourbon. Some people don't. Larry, what you got, buddy? I'm drinking a 16 ounce Carlsberg, which is pretty much my go-to these days. Excellent. Whether I'm at whether I'm at home or away, home or away, I love That's it. That's the best beer in the world, isn't it? Does it say it on the can? It, it says. Well, now it says probably the best beer in the world, but oh, uh, has to be probably. Uh, yeah. Wow, it, it's, it's like probably we're the best podcast in the world. It's probably you know what it is. Prob probably it's a German thing because like the Germans in their beer law, the Rhein Hetzgit boat are very serious about the uh, the seriousness of the uh, advertising related to their beers because only certain things can go into it. I'm not surprised if that was applied to advertising as well. Mm. Went from yeah. best beer in the world to probably to what's next? It's pretty good. I don't yeah, I don't care what they put. It's good. Isn't Carlsberg uh, Danish? Yeah, I thought it, it was it from is, Denmark. It, it, it is well that is Danish for uh, just just for the Layman. Yeah, but you said it was fucking um, German. All right, that's what we're talking about. I, I think you need to listen to my words. I do love you, and I don't want to get into many arguments. But I said it was probably because of the Germans. It is a beer that is exported from what country? <clears throat> I'm just glad to see you two are in mid-season form. It's awesome. Always, baby. And I just, I just like people to listen to my words. That's Anchor all. Down. Anchor that down. That sounds. I'm drinking. I'm drinking uh, from Wicked Weed Brewing. I got a, a variety pack, and I'm drinking Doctor Dank Daily Haze. Daily Haze. It's a hazy IPA. It's a daily haze, though, so it's only five point four, but it's it's very tasty. Not very danky. I don't I don't know what they mean, but necessarily. But 
anyways um it's delicious couple more to go couple more varieties in the fridge so um we can just talk about florida when we get to them um it was kind of an uptick however uh i'm trying to think if we if there was anything outside the realm of sec football we're talking about um Colorado uh, beat um, TC. Wait, who the hell? Nebraska. Beat at home? Nebraska at home, which I don't know if that's a, in and of itself a great feat, but considering the situation at Colorado last year and their current situation with Coach Prime, uh, it was a big, huge deal. Uh, and there's a lot of excitement there, it sounds like. I mean, they sold that game out. Why not? So, anyways, uh, I think uh, we've got a big, huge slate. So I think it's probably best if we jump right in. Um, we. Uh, Gus isn't here. He'd be our de facto whatever. So let's just let me just handle this. Um, Malt liquor. Uh, you got the first game. Let's hear it, buddy. All right. We got LSU at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a 10 point underdog at home. As I said, um, they needed overtime last week to hold off uh, uh, our producers up. Uh, beloved second team, uh, Jed Fish and his Arizona Wildcats. Um, I didn't really see any of the college slate because I was too busy going, watching my true passion, which is, you know, Midwestern MLS soccer. But um, they uh, took them to overtime. Uh, Mississippi State managed to pull it out. Um, I think kind of looking at the stats, they – significantly outgained were outgained by Arizona, but Arizona, I think, turned the ball over four times. Um, LSU last week had a nothing game against Grambling. They stomped them. Um, I think it was 72 to seven or something like that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really seen any of Mississippi State so far. We all know we talked about Coach Leach being gone. They've changed their offense to a more, um, I guess, balanced approach. Uh, LSU, you know, Last time I saw them is they underwhelmed against Florida State. Um, I think probably maybe three, four games from now, this I'd feel a little bit better about taking LSU, but I just haven't seen enough from them to lay 10 points to a home underdog like Mississippi State, who's a decent team, can line up with them on the line of scrimmage. I think this is going to be you know within a touchdown, so why not take the home underdog? So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go the other side. So this will be some separation from us because since considering we have a identical week one and week two scores that are abysmal. Um, I watched uh, some of the the Mississippi State game. Uh, they did not look good. It was look it, it was not terrible, but they didn't look good. And I don't know anything about Arizona. Um, I'm not saying LSU looks good, but they definitely righted the ship when they needed. You know, at the, at the right time. You know, they had their issues in week one. It's, it's great to play a cupcake in week two. Uh, Gators kind of got some of that uh, to kind of maybe iron out some details before you play a, you know, a, a, a uh, before you play a SEC schedule slate. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to see if LSU's got it. I mean, 10 points is kind of a, kind of a bit, but um, it's definitely not insurmountable. So I'm going to start off on the road and take LSU. Uh, let's go. Larry, what do you got? Yeah, so uh, just a little bit of strategy this week since, uh, I don't know, this game's a – I don't know much about the, these things. I, like his cousin Bailey says, I don't do any research. I haven't watched much college football. So I'm going to base all my picks based on uniforms and my nice. hatred of, of changing of uniforms. 
And what I'll say about this game is Mississippi State was on the vanguard of uniform changes, changing their helmets around, wearing gray, doing dumb shit like that. This is the hallmark of a bad team, reaching for fake juice. I acknowledge one and one and one one uniform change alone of having any impact on any team in the history of college football, which happened to be the 1977 Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the green in the green uniform game, which led to a national title, by the way, and has since tried to be repeated sometimes multiple times in a season, to no effect by any team of consequence. So I will take LSU, the team who like literally wants to wear the same jerseys at home and on the road. <laughs> So I'll take them. I'll take the 10. I'll take them dropping 10. Uh, you know, Florida, when they when we broke out those um, all blues in 97, I'm not saying it had an impact on the game, but it was definitely, you know, for us, super duper exciting. I think it had some it created some fake juice. We definitely needed to beat the top five team. Um, hey, Jim, what do you got, man? This is the yeah LSU game. Yeah, I like the uniform thing. Didn't Florida when Tebow lost to Alabama? Yeah. Didn't they pull out the white jersey? Yeah, well, white what happened was the, yeah. the week before. The week before, when we played uh, Florida State, they had these fancy white helmets and these blue jerseys with like wings on them or some crap. And then, so we were the away team again in the SEC championship game. The next week against uh, Alabama, we wore the white jerseys, our normal ones, and those white helmets that they had specifically made. And yes, we lost. So I hate that sure. shit. That was one of the reasons I think they lost. Like the Gators, where your where your damn colors? Like that's what intimidates the other team. Yeah, they're called uni- they're called uniforms for a fucking reason, oh, boy. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Like, yeah. if you if a team rolls out with a different colors on a different scheme, you're like, oh, I don't recognize this team. That's why the freaking well, not that the Cowboys are any good, but they have a legacy. The Steelers. Like, they don't wear that bullshit. Like, I don't know. Too much experimental crap. Anyway, uh, considering that, yeah, Mississippi State's a joke, in my opinion. LSU already played one of the best teams in the country, unfortunately, at Florida State. Um, Got their ass handed to them there. Beat the shit out of Grambling. I think this game is their first SEC game in conference, so it might be a little messy. I think LSU covers, even though it's close at halftime. I think they run away with enough to cover nine at the end of the game. Excellent, um, Doctor. Well, Gu- well yeah, yeah. I got actually. I got Gus's comments. Yeah, he's like, wait, Jesus. I got more good scotch in my stomach than the whole state of Mississippi. I'm taking LSU. <laughs> And producer. I will take Mississippi State. All right. Great, great. I well, can't leave, uh, can't leave yeah. Malt Liquor out on an island. First game. Sorry. I appreciate it. the first game. Good God. So um, there is another noon game. Uh, number 15, Kansas State traveling to Columbia, Missouri to play at the University of Missouri, or MU, as they go by. Um, Kansas State is a four-and-a-half-point road favorite with a 47-and-a-half-point over um, last year, Kansas State beat the shit out of Miss, Miss, Missouri, uh, forty to thirteen. This year, both teams are two and zero, but Missouri is still kind of figuring their quarterback situation out, um, and they did struggle against Miss Middle Tennessee State. Um, now that being said, Kansas State um, beat Troy okay, 
you know, pretty handily. Um, their wildcat, their quarterback is uh, playing well, but the Tigers O line is struggling. So it seems like you know business as usual in Columbia. Um, I don't know. It looks to me like Kansas State's got things kind of organized uh, after week two. So I'm going to take them to, to to cover this. Yeah. So uh, I think I made a comment during during last week's podcast where it was like I thought the trend was going to be um, from week one the SEC seemed to struggle in interconference matchups and um, made that comment and then promptly picked the SEC in the majority of their interconference matchups, yeah. which they all lost. Um, so uh, I'm not going to make that mistake uh, now. I, Kansas State's, you know, seems to have a pretty decent team. Um, Missouri struggled to beat middle Tennessee state and didn't cover, obviously. Um, if I, if I w- were permitted to have a lock of the week, I would pick this. But I think if you're five and 12, you just should just take a pick and shut the fuck up. <laughs> so uh, I'm taking Kansas state and shutting the fuck up. Jim, what do you got? Oh, definitely on board with Kansas state. I don't understand where this line's coming from. Like what, what am I missing? Because what isn't, didn't Missouri, didn't Kansas state beat the hell out of Missouri last, last year? year? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're at home. Does this team have any pride, Missouri? Like, I don't even, their fan base is like. No, it's sold out, apparently. Also, it's a little early for them to have lost pride, I think. <laughs> that usually happens midway through the season. And you said they have. Unless they're playing Florida. Oh, yeah, of course, that's going to be a close game. But Kansas State is probably well coached, actually. So I'll go with Kansas State for sure. I might take the alternate line here. Um take them by I don't know nine and a half I don't I've looked at the book yet but five seems very low this seems like low-hanging fruit for me yeah they may have bet it up since then um Larry yeah Kansas State changed their uniforms at approximately 1990 to their new color scheme which is pretty cool I like the purple and silver that was during the early Bill Snyder days and they haven't touched that shit since Mizzou has changed their helmets in the last 10 years and also, I just don't like Mizzou. And you, it was funny. I, I just wanted to – and so I'm taking Kansas State all the way here. They're also the better team. Uh, it was interesting you mentioned, you know, that the talking about the conference. And I just wanted to just say that I don't even think we have a conference anymore. I mean, half the games you play are against teams that joined in the last 10 years. This is, this is fucking lame. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, yep, Gus – Gus just uh, more sent in a Morse, you know, Morse code. What do they call it? Telegraph. Telegraph. So it says, uh, Scott, 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 stop. Boat, 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 stop. Scott, stop. I think what he means by that, I'm reading between the lines, that he has decided that this is a sweep. Kansas State, um, well, excuse me, we're not 100% sure on that, but he has joined the, the majority, let's say that. So uh, what about the producer? What nope. about our producer? Yep. Sorry. You had it right. Let's go ahead and sweep this. Yeah. And the Seems line like is actually thing. even dropped a little bit further. It's down the floor. Damn. Yeah. I wonder what Vegas what is. Are we missing something? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, wow. I did a little. I checked. I didn't see anything anyway. No, no. In fact, I've just seen problems. Yeah. Missouri's offensive line, not good. So, 
anyways, you know, I mean, you know, that's why Vegas uh, breaks even or the other way around. So, uh, so this is the CBS. Their first, we, we put that to bed last week. CBS still has the SEC game of the week. And this is their game of the week. They've decided to pay, take South Carolina traveling to Georgia. We obviously know why this is the pick. And Georgia is um, a 27 and a half point favorite at home. Um, yeah, South Carolina is struggling. Uh, they're one and one. They they, they kind of rebounded against Furman last week. And they're a top 10 team in the in the FCS. But uh, I don't know. Uh a couple of things I learned today during research. I mean, you know, this whole time I've been doing this. Um, Javon Butler, Bullard rather, and Lad McConkey are still up in the air. So those are two big time players. And then, but also Dejan um, Edwards, who was their leading rusher for the Bulldogs last year, is finally going to play. He was injured. Um, and I don't know. It seems kind of like a lot. This seems kind of a lot for an SEC. Uh, game but you know they kicked the crap out of the south carolina 48 to 7 last year when south carolina everybody thought they were good and i think right now everybody is not convinced they're good so i think i like the bulldogs big in this one so i'm gonna give those points so you know who the last team to win on the road between the hedges was auburn south carolina south carolina georgia's working on a 20 game home winning streak um, with all that said, I think this number is too high. They haven't been amazing in their first two games. They really haven't played anyone. Maybe they're saving it for conference play. Um, this just seems like a pretty big number. Um, Gamecocks, uh, kind of up and down. It's supposed to be, you know, a little bit better this year. And really, I think the key is if, if they can maybe get one or two kind of big plays on defense and special teams, keep this close. Um, at least into the third quarter. And then, you know, I expect Georgia to pull away. I just don't think four touchdowns is, um, is likely. So I will take all those points and go with the Gamecocks on the road. All right, uh, Larry, let's hear some uniform talk. Yeah. South Carolina has worn camouflage. Mm. Okay. And as much as I, I hate to say it, like once in a blue moon, as that term is used, means very infrequently. I've seen Georgia wear black, but that is also part of their color scheme, right? Black is in their colors. Camo is in no one's colors. And South Carolina's helmets change week to week. So I think, you know, I'm going Georgia here. That in you will, times never will you see me hand over dollars and count on Spencer Rattler to do anything. <laughs> hey, uh, Jim. Yeah, this one's difficult. So supposedly South Carolina has covered against the spread three in a row in Georgia. So that's one thing. But that's only these streaks. I don't know if they really mean anything because Georgia, even though they didn't play anybody, they don't have – I think they are like only have one sack on the year, but they played Ball State and – I don't know, Gallaudet. I don't know what schools they even played. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, God. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But they probably played soft zone, rush three, rush four. They don't need a blitz. Like, they will. They're going to bring it this game. So I'm kind of afraid of the backdoor cover 
like malt liquors thinking that's too many points. So I'm thinking like the backups are in in the late third, early fourth. Um, but you know what? I still I still don't think it matters. Like Georgia's backups are probably better than freaking South Carolina anyway. I'll I'll take I'll take uh Georgia to cover. Okay. And uh Gus uh he's joining Malt Liquor. Yeah, he's from South Carolina. Yeah, he's very offended on behalf of uh a former friend at that Gallaudet talk. Um but uh Oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> Well, they're probably not listening. Uh, <laughs> True. True. <laughs> he's a big fan of the camo uniforms. Uh, what about our producer? Uh, I think Georgia still has it. I think they can cover this, but it's so close. We got Bama licking their wounds after getting, I guess, I didn't really see, like I said, wasn't able to watch the game, but... Um, Thoroughly handled by the Longhorns, who might be back. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Bama, it sounds like their quarterback was the weak link, really wasn't able to um, do much to the passing game. Um, USF is god-awful. They uh, barely beat FAMU, even though I think they had, like, five turnovers or and um, almost, like, I think they gained more yards. I was looking at the box score. Um I shared this via Instagram with uh, cousin Bailey. Uh, I think it was uh, our old caller Mavis's long lost drunker cousin <laughs> rambling about uh, how terrible Bama is now. But um, anyway, that that was funny. That was but awesome. I don't think they're terrible. I'm not ready to pull the plug yeah. on Saban. I still think they're kind of a young team. They're kind of figuring out who they are. None of this is going to matter against USF. The only thing that I think maybe matters is they're coming off a, off a big loss at home and probably got their ass whooped in in practice. And like I said, USF is just not good. Um, so although this is a big number, I like them uh, covering it. So I'm going to take the tide. So um, this game is at South Florida, which is so bizarre to me. And uh, I asked, I even asked Mrs. Cousin Bailey if she wanted to go. She was just like, nah. She's cool. Um, this uh, I feel like this. There's going to be a lot of Bama support. Um, I've been to South Florida games at South Florida. I now, albeit it was the Gators, and we have a tremendous showing down here in the Tampa area, but it was clearly like seventy thirty at the, at at least uh, Gator fans. So um, they're, th- being on the road, I don't think it's going to matter much. Uh, I did watch the game. Um, the game was kind of close for a long, long time, but t- but ten- Texas rather just freaking open just turned up in like in the high gear in the fourth quarter. It was wild. Um, I don't, I still, I still love that quarterback, but that might just be a personal thing. But then um, I'm talking about yours. Um, Milrow definitely struggled, you know, but he would show flashes of, of something that I'm, that Saban's obviously seeing in practice. So um, I think if things get weird this season, they're going to have to start trying out new QBs, but this isn't the time. I think uh, Bama's going to roll, as they say. Yeah, one of the main reasons I didn't respect Texas was just how Quinn Ewer's face looks. Right? I know that's not fair, but I couldn't help it. Yeah. So, um, Jim. Yeah, I think this is a tradition with, if you gamble enough as much as I do, 
Even on your losing streak, just bet Bama to cover. Like, don't think about it. Just do it. Right. Uh, this is one of those games, especially coming off a loss. Um, we got, what, 32? Not really – again, not really scared of the backdoor cover because South Florida fans will hit the exits at halftime. Uh, Bama backup still head and shoulders above. USF, um, easy one for me, Bama to cover. That's great. Larry? This is like a – like unless it was Oregon playing Alabama, I don't think there could be a bigger mismatch in uniform capabilities, <laughs> first of all. Uh, USF changed their helmets, whatnot, uh, probably for the better. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just say I don't – I don't really even know what their uniforms are, so it's hard to tell if they change much, right? Because I just don't watch them. Nobody does, really. But what I do know is that Alabama's uniforms don't fucking change at all, ever, right? And and what I've been told is, you got to change for the kids. It's what matters. It's where the juice comes from. It's where the big players come from. Got to tell them what to wear. Times never, said Nick Saban, right? Uh, I'll take Bama all over this one. And just to comment on what you said, it's like, oh, yeah, Bama's playing in Tampa. Of course, when they agree to this, it's like, what what Alabama person wouldn't want to come to Tampa, right? right? When they know that they could fill up the stadium, right? No, no. Well, offense to Bama, Tampa's a whole lot better than anywhere in, in anywhere in the entire state of Alabama. So Gulf Shores is pretty great. It does not compete. To Tampa? I'm sure, like, I'm sure you're talking about, like, it does not things and so forth and so on. Like, I would rather li- – I'd live in Gulf Shores a million times over Tampa, but, you know, whatever. Well, you also um, have a hatred for Tampa, so. It's, hey, hey, you've hey, been there, you you've been there like, part out. you've been there like, you've been there like four times. <laughs> I sure, I probably have been through – well, no, all the times I went to Gulf Shores, I had to go through Tampa. I'm sure not that counts. The same. That, nope. That's not going to Tampa. That's true. So, um, Malt Liquor, did you hear from Gus? Yeah, uh, first he says, fuck you, Gulf Shores is a piece of shit, redneck wow. haven of snobs. No, he did, he just did. Um, um, and he, he's a little bit worried about Bama tearing up the field so that his boy Baker Mayfield won't be able to make his magic. But um, <laughs> I guess he has an affinity because it might have been, oh yeah, I think USF was one of like the six schools he's attended. So um, he's taking he's taking the bulls. <laughs> he's on an island. He's literally on an island, and he's figuratively on an island. Yeah, right he, now, he, so yeah, he's on an island. Yeah, that's. I mean, hey, you know what though? He's uh, second place. I, I I can't talk too much crap about his games. Um, well, uh, I'm sure four o'clock game here. It's going to be on SEC alternative alternate or whatever. Um, Louisiana Monroe is traveling to College Station. Uh, for the uh, face the Aggies who are licking their wounds after I'm not I don't know why I'm smiling I hate Miami so much but Miami put one on A uh, and M last week which I did not see coming and I don't think many of us did but um, excuse me they are a 36 and a half point favorite that is the Aggies over Louisiana Monroe that being said uh, Louisiana Monroe barely beat Army and then played actually. Uh, played Lamar and beat them last week. They got out to a 21-point lead against Lamar, but then needed a late field goal to uh, seal that deal. And as I said, Alabama lost embarrassingly at Miami. 
much to all of our chagrins, just because I think this entire group hates Miami. Um, Aggies run defense showed up, like I said, but as I also said, and as others predicted, uh, their secondary was the weak link on the defense and they got torched for five TDs. That's the Aggies. Um, multiple momentum killing turnovers and moments for the Aggies, but you know, on a, on, against a good team on the road, that's the kind of thing that can just end a game. It's kind of like, I'm not excusing uh, Napier, but I mean, we had so many momentum killing moments against Utah that, I mean, even if our, I, I just feel like we had already put ourselves well behind the line before that game even started or before that game even got a, had a chance. Um, but I mean, like I said, as much as that's a, that was a concern last week, Petrino did put some good stuff together two weeks ago um, against an overmatched team. So I think they're probably going to do it again um, until uh, SEC season starts up for the Aggies. So I'm going to take the Aggies. Did you know who uh, A&M's defensive coordinator is? No. Former Gator ties. Got killed a kid. DJ Durkin. Oh, D- DJ oh, Durkin. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So they got when you DJ- say when you say killed a kid, I think like a toddler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they got DJ Petrino and, and Jimbo. Um, so that's working out great for them. But they got absolutely torched by Tyler Van Dyke. Um, I think I saw some of the highlights. Hard Rock was almost at like 60% capacity. So it was rocking. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. 36 and a half. There's a world where AM covers this because they're pissed off that they lost. Um, Lamo is actually 2 and 0, as you said. Uh, I think because they beat Lamar and Army. I mean, is Army god awful? I don't know. I mean, AM just doesn't seem like a top 10 team. And I don't know that especially with some of the new rules that it makes a ton of sense to lay a big number like that all the time. So I'm going to take whatever the hell Monroe's nickname is. Well, uh, maybe Larry could tell us. Yeah. So this is not even a competition. This is Lobo all day. Uh, there's literally uh, an entire article dedicated to how many different uniforms Texas A&M has worn in the SEC era I'd like to share my screen with you guys just so you can appreciate how fucking horrible some of these are. Some of these have included a color of red, which is not even maroon, uh, silver on their helmets and whatnot. And then they actually refer to the jersey that almost anyone would classically associated with Texas A&M, the classic maroon with Texas A&M and script written above the numbers as a throwback. Right? Uh, can I share my screen, Dr. Riffick? Is that possible? Or now? Yeah, 100%. Go ahead. Hmm. Okay. Good radio. All right. I just want you guys to appreciate the first one, how bad this is. All right. You, can you see that now? Ooh. Oh, God. Oh. Look, at, look at that. All right. Let me, let me go up. Look at those. Yeah. With the, with oh, the with state that, of Texas it's... on the front. Those are terrible. Barely identifiable pieces of maroon on there. This is just the worst right here. <laughs> look at look at Kevin Sumlin's face. He's appalled. <laughs> it's like their arena league uh, unis. Yeah, iced out. We already saw that one. Aggie Knights. This is, this is all gray. That's not even one of their colors. It's unbelievable. 
Dark Onyx. <laughs> it's horrible. Look, that's what they call throwbacks. Yeah, they're iconic uniforms that if anyone pictures them would would go with. Those are great uniforms. Great helmet. Yeah, that yeah. helmet is badass. I could watch Leland McElroy and Corey Pulley push put put touchdown. Aggie Ice. You think like some... you know how Oregon the, like mixes it around and Florida mixes it around. At least you turn the game on, you're fairly certain who's playing. Yeah. But those ice ones and the after dark ones, you turn the game I... on, you know, you don't know who's fucking playing. That's weird. That's the problem, right? I don't like this number shit either with like the, the designs inside the number. I, I, I like this throwback too, because I know who's playing. Um that's a good point, cousin Bailey. The standard home jersey with gray on it. Yeah. I, that's, it's not their colors. That's all I'm saying. So, anyways, uh, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. Uh no contest. I'll take a La Monroe all day over the uh over the hate the hating of of uniforms, Texan M. I'm very inspired. I was on the fence. I'm very inspired by this uniform bullshit. This reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember in my lifetime Texas A and M ever being good until. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of is Virginia Tech with Michael Vick. So Michael Vick, Virginia Tech. I you know I was in the DC area for a long time. A lot of Virginia Tech fans. They thought they were something else. They thought they were a new brand. Never won a goddamn thing. Then Michael Vick comes along. They start winning. Now they change their uniforms. Now they're a brand, not really a team. And they haven't been good since. And I see them changing their uniform. Virginia Tech's uniforms are even just as atrocious as this. That were camouflage. This team reminds me of them as a legacy of something that's no longer there. Johnny Melanzel is long gone. They've not been good since. They haven't been good before that. They're trying to help latch on to something. They're a bunch of posers. You know what? Let's go Warhawks. Yeah. Let's just cover what? What's that? Five touchdowns? Hell yeah. They're going to cover that. Absolutely. No question. Yeah. So, uh, well, Gus, he, he sent in his picks um, from Scotchland earlier. Um, I'm sorry, Scotland, of course. Joking. However, uh, I'm sure he wishes, after, after knowing that he, he he's on the island with me, <laughs> However, he did choose AM to cover this line. So um, we're going to have to stick with it. And All right. Here we go. Oh, Doc- wait. Who's our, what's our, yeah, who's our doctor? Doctor. Uh, I'm going to take UNL Monroe. That's too much. Yeah, too there much. you go. All righty. Okay. Here we go. So it's funny. So uh, our sales guy um, at work, he's, a, he's from Virginia, went to Virginia Tech. And he's probably, I'd say, late 40s. And so he he's actually really good friends with, um, oh, shit, I forget his name. One of their DBs who went on to be the NFL and is a DB coach. If I heard it, I could tell you. But anyway, uh, so Jim Druckenmiller was there when he was in college. And they called him Jim Three-Legged Druckenmiller. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> moving to prime time. We've got our Florida Gators, home underdog, six and a half points, welcoming the Tennessee Volunteers, who have not won in Gainesville. Can anyone guess when the last time they won in Gainesville was? 
2003. There you go. Mm, yeah, yeah. Case, yeah Casey Clausen. Doing this shit. I think I was at that game. I think they got a Hail Mary at yeah, the end of the years. first half. Yeah. Yeah. Engel yeah, Martin was bad. That's right. That was Engel Martin. Yeah. They got a Hail Mary at the end yeah. of the first half. Zucker yeah, era. It's horrible. Which kind of seemed like the good old days now. But um We had we had a lot of good we had a lot of good fucking players on that team. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um so uh Tennessee has been I think they were a little bit underwhelming against Austin P. The Gators, I guess, did what they needed to do um, against McNeese State, which, okay, great. Um, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't feel great about our coach. He, uh, I a running joke with our buddy in, in Minneapolis was I was doing my like Billy Napier impersonation where I could only speak in like monosyllabic words, um, which, you know, generated some laughs. Uh, but anyway, uh, breaking down this game, I, has Joe Milton ever done anything on the road? So the argument for taking, <laughs> the argument for taking the Gators is it's Joe Milton on the road. Who's never played anything other than, like resembling a hostile environment, at least to my knowledge. He looked good in a bowl game that no one cared about against a team that no one cares about that I've already forgotten. Um, Tennessee's has an identity. They, they're going to do what that fat boy wants them to do. They're going to spread out the field. They're going to stretch it, make our corners play, play well. Um, we, I don't know that we have an identity on offense. Graham Mertz has looked, pretty good i guess um our special teams is still horrible i think we missed an extra point um and our coach let's be frank struggles to count to speak probably to, probably to read <laughs> so those are a lot of things weighing against us um part of me you know wants to be a homer and rely on the history, the fact that Tennessee has choked away several chances to win in Gainesville over the years. There was the Tyree Cleveland Hail Mary at the end of the game. There was the, uh, was it Chris Calloway? Or not, uh, Cal Antonio Calloway, fourth and 16 with Will Greer. Um, the Treon Harris comeback. That, yeah. The, the, the the ten the ten seven game yeah I think that was a kneeling yeah but after, yeah uh, Driscoll went down but yeah I mean incredible. it does Tennessee's found a way to lose most of the game they almost found a way to lose last year's game um, yeah, that was a kneeling where they were dominating us so you know it's like you look to that and like Tennessee is you know last, I don't know yeah. they they're hanging their hat on beating Bama who wasn't great last year. This seems like a big number, but I just I don't have any faith in our coach, and that's what it kind of boils down to. Um, and also, we don't seem to have any sort of ability to generate a pass rush. And if you can't do – that's what every – Gator teams have always been able to do, especially at home, is harass the quarterback. And I just don't see us doing that. Um, so I think this is going to be, you know, anywhere from – you know, Gators winning a very close game to maybe Tennessee winning by two touchdowns. But I I, I like Tennessee 
laying these points. It's it's sad to say, but I'm saying it. So uh yeah, I um I'm I've been like even even up until like this exact moment where you were talking, I kind of almost felt like you were kind of oscillating a little bit, malt liquor. I was I was sitting there going like he's talking me into it. Okay, he talked me out of it. Talked me into it. Talked me out of it. Because I feel the same negativity. I've tried not to. I've tried to kind of push that aside. Just you know, with some sunshine pumper bullshit, like about not bullshit necessarily, but stuff that you really you know that that doesn't mean a hill of beans unless he actually shows it so like last year uh, against tennessee at tennessee i think was one of our better offensive performances um now that being said we had our first round draft pick at quarterback uh but but as you also said graham mertz you didn't say this but you suggested that he's had a pretty good couple of couple of games in fact he's had like um like historical two games at the at the helm at Florida, given and given the number of quarterbacks and the great quarterbacks we've had over the years. Now, that being said, look at last week's opponent and also the fact that we had no run game. Um, I think uh, we need to get this running game going. Um, the We have two phenomenal running backs back there, and we get uh, Kingsley back on our offensive line. Uh, so our offensive line should, so, should show improvement. And I... I like and and you kind of you know appropriately should talk to our our defensive line, but or getting after the quarterback rather. But I think one of the bright spots is our, our is our defense and our defensive coordinator so far. I was I'm I'm very skeptical about this guy. Don't get me wrong; he looks like Kirby Junior. Um, you know, one of those like Southern children, you know, like coaching at a high level, but. I think I'm talking myself into it. And what I'm going to say is this, and I, I think it's almost a, a guarantee. If if Florida doesn't, if Florida looks like complete crap this week, I will not pick them again the rest of the year. I mean, and I'm not saying you can lead pipe block that, but I mean, that is like, that's how I feel right now. And so I'm going to cautiously take Florida. Um, but with the caveat that if we, I mean, if we don't show any improvement, then I'll just jump right on the train with all the negative assholes. Anyways, um, so uh, well, real, real quick, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, what's up? So our other friend, who's the big Gator fan, sent me a link. I feel like I've seen this article the last, like every second or third year for the last three shitty coaches. Where this time it's Chris Doring saying, you know, we need to be fans yeah. and support the team and not be negative, which, yeah. right, okay, you want to support the team, but I'm kind of feeling like a factor to consider in this game is there is a lot of angst in the Gator Nation. And the minute we fall yeah. behind a score or two, that's going to permeate the crowd. And how how is the team going to react to that um, is a factor to consider when – you know, deciding how to, how to bet on this, on this number. I don't disagree. And I, I don't, I, I don't know, you know, his, his point, I understand. And like, I hate, and I I've said this recently to some friends, I hate everything about recruiting now from like the uniform bullshit all the way up to NIL, like the, the most insignificant thing, like that the coach knows the name of the puppy, which they've done that forever or all the way up to, the money that they got. I hate everything about recruiting. 
And what I, and one thing I've hated for so long is social media and how these fucking asshole friends who sound or people, I mean, Gator fans, rather not friends, fans, how they sound like exactly the way we're talking to each other on text, but then it goes public and then they tweet at or text at, you know, um, recruits. And, you know, when there's a lot of negative noise in the system, I get where Dorian's coming from in that from that point of view only. Yeah. But to be cautious. No, I mean, I think that I mean, we're all cautious. <laughs> I mean, texting between your friends is dumb enough. If you're doing it to 18 yeah. year olds that you d- don't even know, then you're right. a fucking loser. And that noise in the system, it's the opposite of uh, Saban's rat poison. Yeah. Is uh, I think it's it's deadly this day and age, especially with these freaking children who are like, you know, not only getting paid a shitload of money, but, you know, have to have certain uniforms promised and all these sort of things. You know, like one negative tweet or talk from the fans, I feel like they'll get scared. It just drives me crazy. That's just I, I that's just my thought, though. I mean, apparently none of this ever happens in Alabama, though, as mean and, you know, and as, you know, like negative as they can be. Anyways, enough of that. That's that's my crazy stuff. Um so how about Larry? All right. Now, so you probably think I'm going a certain direction, given that the Gators have really trumped up some badass black jerseys that are coming up since black is nowhere to be nowhere to be found in the color scheme related to Florida. But I'm going to go back a little bit. And uh, the smoky gray Ugh. Tennessee uniforms destructed what was just – like a century of tradition and in a uniform that you could set your watch to, right? The big numbers, just the classic orange, the same helmet, right? And I hate them, but man, you knew that was them, right? All those cool things, the gray jerseys, they took that and they just put their boot and just fucking stomped on it, right? And then the green, we had, then we followed it up with the green jerseys, which is the worst decision in the history of football right so we've got the gray jerseys and the green jerseys and you got us flipping around we got the then we got the gator black jerseys coming right oh but i think they've worn black actually turn back the clock to last week tennessee broke out yet another gray combo and the worst part of it they call it the artful dodger what What the fuck does this have to do with the Tennessee Volunteers? Like, I am confused. I'm frightened and confused. I don't know what's going on in my life. So now I've got the artful Dodger up against black uniforms and a guy with an IQ of 40 on the sideline wearing a black (laughs) garbage bag. Right? You know what I'm saying? With with it, hey, hey, could you get me one of those iron-on gator logos and put it on this 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 black this black collared shirt I got from Kmart? That's what I want right here. That's what I want right here. So at least Hypel wears the colors. And that's where I'm headed here. Like Hypel is wearing orange and white, right? Now he's fat as shit. He's getting a <laughs> custom jacket, right? They don't make that jacket in a size that is commercially available for the normal human being, right? That's that's custom. <laughs> but it ain't black and it ain't gray. It's orange and white, right? So I'm going balls here. And I, I just want to briefly comment on the noise in the system. And uh, the, the, the opposite of love is not hate, which is what the noise Dor- Doring is calling about. 
what's worse is what I've been to come come across my world. The opposite of love is indifference. Yeah. And I'm becoming indifferent to the Gators. Okay. They're not interesting. The shit we do is not cool. Right. All those things. And I'm with you. I don't like the recruiting and all that. And the best part about all that is I just don't listen to any of it. I don't do the social media. I don't care about recruiting. I don't care about uh, like the, the new, the new logos we're putting on our lockers in the locker room. I don't care about any of that shit. Right. I just want to watch the game. I support the Gators at those games. I have never been at a football game itself and gone super negative and booed a player on at Florida field. I think all that stuff is dumb. What I'm telling you is turning true fans to indifference appears to be Billy Napier's fucking motto. That's where I'm at. Let me just say real quick before we uh, move on to our guests, other guests, um, Tennessee has worn black uniforms multiple times, okay, including last year. So I'm just saying, well, I don't want to come on over and see what it's like over in. Uh, <laughs> I, said, I, I said, I said, <laughs> I find I find the gray ones even more offensive. So black, gray, whatever. Their coach hey. wears the colors. Uh, oh, the coach wears the. Oh God, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry. I, I thought you meant yes. And, our and coach, Billy Napier, is, our, our coach, and, and goes, all the, all the, yeah. yeah, our coach goes to Walmart, Kmart, Target. All the assistants then, wear black shirts. Yeah, yeah, and walks over to the coordinator and says, "Since you don't sell black shirts anywhere at any at any store, could you iron this on here in the corner, Jerry Glanville style? Because I don't, I don't like orange and blue, man. I wear black." So he did um, uh, remind the fans to wear blue. He's like, Tennessee has orange in there. Ooh. And so we right. also have orange. So we should right. wear blue. <laughs> right. I'm going to wear black, but y'all wear blue. Right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I got my haircut. I got my haircut for five bucks this morning. So, Jim, in our pregame discussions, you were worried about being negative about Florida. So I, I think maybe some of those fears have been assuaged by. <laughs> the commentary to date. I think somewhat. I think I'm asking more. <laughs> Speaking of uniforms, and I wasn't on the... I, you guys have probably hashed this before. Speaking of uniforms, what uniform... You all play, probably played organized sports in your life at some point. What uniforms did you ever allow the, the same player to have the same number? Like, <laughs> is that a... Is that a like, what... Where the, is that even fucking legal? Like to have no such thing? It's not. You can, they can't be on the field at the same time. But yeah, but they can wear the since same these baby like before the game. Like yeah, I'm number three. No, during the it. yeah, yeah. I got you know, to be number one. Do you know what Urban Meyer would have done about that? He would have said, "All right, you guys want to wear number three? Show up at midnight. I'm going to put you in that locker room. One of <laughs> lock you in there. One of you walk out with the other guy's jersey. Then you can wear three. The other guy's cut." <laughs> Unless they were both five stars. <laughs> there wouldn't be two number threes, so I dig that. I just thought- But see, the plan was there were two guys wearing three, so one of them was going to switch to 21. Oh, but there was another 21 on the field, too. Oh, shit. I, mean- I get confused when there's more than one number. <laughs> right. Maybe he doesn't understand. Maybe we have, in his mind, we can only have like multiple one through elevens, 
And so you just always have to have one through 11 on the field. So we have five, eventually we're going to evolve to having each, we're going to have five of one through 11. And that's just going to be all our combinations. <laughs> just peel off numbers and throw them on. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's fine. I, I don't know. This is, this is, this is a complete disaster. Like I've been a Florida fan. Probably not as ingrained as you guys, just casual. I don't know players' names and stuff every year and all this stuff. But it seems like the past decade now, every game I watch, I'm like, this is the worst Florida team I've ever seen. And they never cease to defeat, like, beat that every year. Like, the Utah game was the worst Florida team I've ever seen. Not because of, like, lack of talent. It was – you guys don't have any guts. You don't want to tackle. You're going through the motions. There's like arm tackles, and they're just throwing themselves around. This Mertz guy is like, I don't know what dumpster they pulled him out of, but he's good for a five-yard, ten-yard dump. He needs a perfect pocket, and anything outside of that, he's frazzled and sack or pick. Like, where are we getting these guys? What is happening? I get the transfer portal and all that, but I hope we have some goddamn recruits. And I whoever's behind Mertz, just fucking start him next. I don't. This guy is not the guy. You're not going to ding him. Down. He looks pretty good in the mop up duty. Who's our Who's our? Does anybody know? It's Max yeah. Max Brown, right? Can yeah. He, can he be play without eligibility and all that? Like, is there any downside to playing him? No, no he's, he's like a he's, second year guy, right? Yeah, and he's not highly recruited at all. Oh, he's, great. He, he's not good. He's not good. Great. So our coach is like on the right track to get fired. I think we fire him. We start getting on the phone with Urban Meyer, call him up, and say, hey, man, you've been taking it easy for a while. You come back. Our standard is way lower than it was when we first hired <laughs> you. No pressure. And then yeah. we hire him. And then we put all the pressure on him and get those juices going again. And then <laughs> we give him another ambient, like a like, uh, heart attack where it messes with the system. But maybe we'll get like a championship or two out of that. And then it'll be, we'll get dismiss him. Like we got, I think we're going to need a league. Yeah. I think we need a legal defense fund if we're going to bring him back. Oh, it's it's going to be bad. Will bail everybody. The boosters will just pay for that shit. They don't care. Oh, I'm just saying we—that's got to be part of the portfolio of getting him back. Oh, the health, healthcare for life. The boosters will pay for that shit. It doesn't matter. Perfect. <laughs> that that stuff is not important. But big comfy hug. Urban Meyer come back. We need to rebuild. And you know he wants that. He's gonna make those guys work. And he's gonna have the competitive thing going. And he's gonna push those guys. The only reason I say him is I don't know an alternative. We got it. We got to get rid of this guy. But I don't know who you would get in his replacement. That's any good. Well, the thing, the thing that's in, so I was at a networking thing for work when I wasn't partying with Joe Biden in Tahoe. And I connected with an older, older guy, but it was a big tennis. He's went to Tennessee. Um, and we were just talking and he's like, y'all are like, seem like where we were, where you f- keep hiring all these losers and then you, you fire them two or three years and you, and it's difficult to, kind of correct until you find the right guy. And it's like, yeah, you know, cause part of me is like, so we can Napier and then we have to start all over again. And what if we hire another idiot? Right. You know, 
we at least know Urban's not an idiot. Um, so it's funny. And uh, the guy I went up to Minnesota with is a big Gator fan too. And I mean, he loves Urban. So he'd like sign up right away. But anyway. Yeah, that's the only thing. Like you got to get the right guy. But you keep churning. I mean, these contracts, the boosters just pay them out anyway. So it's not like, how much did we pay Mullen to go away? How much did Nebraska pay Frost to go away? Like, the boosters fronted all that shit for Nebraska. So, you know, it could happen. But I don't see any guts in this team. I don't see any nothing, no no jump, no motions, just going through the motions. Um, anyway, I'm off my soapbox. Give me Tennessee. Uh, hate to say it, but I can see them gator chomping us. Mocking us. I could see this getting the way they play the fast break stuff. If this gets two scores, it could get real bad. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What does Gus think? Uh, Cuz. Uh, Gus. He he hates the he hates the reference to the Vol Navy. I think he'd prefer the Vol Coast Guard. Um. But uh, in that respect, he's going to take Tennessee, though. He's going to get beyond the the prejudice he has against the Vault Navy. All right, Doctor? Uh, we lose this game by bad coaching. And, like, some weird... <laughs> some, some weird, like, we're out of position. Some just bad coaching. But... So is it going to be a bigger coaching mismatch than if... Napier was going against a uh, hypel in a barbecue eating contest. That wouldn't be a contest. I mean, hypel <laughs> oh has got his number. Shit. He's probably oh a vegetarian. God. Yeah, that's like. So what's worse, the barbecue that... or this game? <laughs> yeah, that's like that's Joey. Che- that's like Joey Chestnut versus toddler. Yeah. So you think that's how the game's going to go too? Hypel's going to outcoach him the way he would eat a. Brisket sandwich, maybe. <laughs> like did Josh Heupel eating a like a a brisket slider? <laughs> One bite slider. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what is interesting though? Speaking of all this barbecue, this portion of the Bourbon Boys picking the SEC is brought to you by Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown with nothing but time on his hands, a friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of peppers and fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce. That's PandemicSauceCompany.com. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout for a discount. Um, I am finally about to break open the smoker again. It's been a little warm uh, this, this summer, but... Uh, I've been I've been shining it up like a new like a, like the genie from the bottle. I'm ready to. I've got. I still have the habanero, and like I said, the jalapeno apple still my fave. But um, I don't know. I'm a little a little scared to order the pineapple reaper, but I think I can handle it. What do you think, uh, Doctor Rific? It's not too hot, I should say. It's not none of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sounds intense. Well, that is PandemicSauceCompany.com. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout. All right, Malt Liquor. Sorry to interrupt your little tandem here. What do you have next? Um, 
Yeah, we got oh Stanford and Auburn that no one cares about. Um and then we got another game that probably even less people care about, Vanderbilt <laughs> at UNO at UNLV. Uh weird. Uh UNLV is a four point underdog at home <laughs> against the doors. Um <laughs> UNLV beat something called Bryant for their first victory and then got stomped in Ann Arbor by Michigan. I don't know anything. What is Bryant? Um, yeah. He, he, he's the, the separated twin. Of Damn Lamar it. You just took it from earlier. me. Shit. <laughs> I was going that way too. Um, it's a guy. I don't know that this, I could find a game less interesting. Um, or the only thing that's like more of a disgrace yes. is that, there's a student body less inclined to take advantage of a road trip to Las Vegas. Let me know. Cause I can't think of one um, for that reason. And that reason alone, take the rebels. Yeah. It would feel weird to take <laughs> Vanderbilt on the road. I guess a team I've heard of, uh, but it, it they've done it. I mean, they went to UMass and won a couple of years ago. Um, I think. Yeah. Maybe that was at home. Maybe I'm totally mistaken. Um, I uh, I really have nothing to say about this game. I, I I've even tried to kind of look up uh, UNLV's record. Uh, looks like uh, they well they got their asses kicked by Michigan. That was last week, I guess. Um, God, it's just I mean it was thirty five to seven. Is that really an ass kicking? I don't. I, maybe listen. I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna pick against uh, Vanderbilt. I think that's the only thing I could possibly do in this circumstance because, I mean, this is so confusing. What about uh, Jim? Yeah, Jim, let's see. Uh, they got torched by Michigan. Vanderbilt has, <clears throat> excuse me, Will Shepard, who's good, unstoppable. I don't know how UNLV's, UNLV's defense is. probably sucks. Uh, four points at home. That's it. I absolutely stay away from this. I wouldn't bet on it, but no, no, never. Uh, this could be Shepard's chance to shine against a shitty UNLV oh. team where they're not playing against the US or UNLV SEC team. UNLV going to go. Let's go, Vandy. Let's go, Vandy. All right, Lawrence. So, this is a this is tough. These guys, both teams change up uniforms like fucking just just you know, a breeze in the wind. Let's get it. Let's move it on. What you can say for both of them is they both stick to the color scheme. Black and gold for uh, for the doors and uh, red, gray, and black for the running rebs. But here's my issue here is, uh, you know, I really, really want to hate Vanderbilt. But the biggest uniform travesty is that UNLV does not feature the old Rebel on their helmet anymore. That thing was badass. He's got the big stash, you know, with the gun. He's gone. Now it's just UNLV. And I have to tell you, when they phased that out, they phased me out of their life. You know, and uh, I'll, I'll take Vandy all day here. So Gus is keeping with his aquatic roots, I guess, and expecting Vanderbilt to dominate the shrinking Lake Mead and uh, cover this 
number on the road as favorites. He would say anchor up, even though they say anchor down. Yeah. And our producer. Yeah. Uh, I got to say anchor down here. So I'll take Vanderbilt. If UNLV had like a craps table as their logo or some dice. Yeah. I think I would definitely take them. The the rebel. The rebel. Well, um, yeah. Here we go. Um, 7.30 game, uh, Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss is a 19.5 point favorite at home, 63.5 point over under. Actually, the Rebels looked good last week. I, I thought um, I thought they might get exposed against Tulane. Now, Tulane did not have their starting quarterback who missed it. So, um, And the lead was padded by a scoop and score towards the end. But, you know, that's, that's what happened. Georgia Tech, uh, one and one. Uh, they looked uh, kind of solid against Louisville in the first half last week, but um, their defense sucks. Turnovers cost them in that game. Um, interesting little SEC connection. Haynes King, former AM quarterback, is now the quarterback at Georgia Tech, uh, and he had some crucial turnovers last week. Can't imagine why he transferred. Um, if they can get that shirt up, uh, Texas Tech can score points. But uh, they might have to win in a shootout. I mean, this is a pretty hefty over-under, 63-and-a-half. Um, I mean, the number seems high, but uh, I think Ole Miss is capable of ah, – I don't know. the number, Well, you know what? I'm just going to let this be a lesson to you. I'm taking Ole Miss in this game. Um, yeah, malt liquor. Yeah, this game kind of scares me. I don't know what to do with this one. Um you know, as you mentioned, they covered against Tulane, but the stuff I've read is that, you know, had Tulane had their quarterback, that might not have happened. Um, I just know Georgia Tech has kind of been shitty for the last five years, but I don't really know any details as to why. Um, didn't they hire, like, the former defensive coordinator under Muschamp? Yeah, Jeff Collins. Yeah, Jeff Collins. Is, he, is he still there? No. No, he's gone. Who's their coach now? Somebody else. Brent is it Clark Lee Brent? or is Clark Lee at Vandy? He's, no, he's a Vanderbilt Bandy. guy. Yeah. yeah, they're they're both they both feel like the same team to me. Um Yeah, oh yeah. Brent Key. Who the fuck? Well oh, god, he looks like an idiot. He's probably better um, than Napier. He's better than Napier. Yeah. Um I'll take I'll take Ole Miss. I think whatever. I'll take Ole Miss. I don't know anything about Georgia Tech, but um Yeah, it seems like maybe old Ole Miss didn't play that great and they're gonna wanna perform well at home. It's a night game. Yeah. So I'll 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 lay the points and take the piss. So uh Larry, you're up and I have a strong feeling I know which direction you're going. Oh, you do now. Uh, oh, do I? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech, classic blue and gold. Helmet remains the same. They have changed up the uniforms. They used to be a little more gold than blue, right? They had those yeah. gold, yellow yeah. uniforms, the Joe Hamilton yes. era. So they're guilty of changing around, but they've been mostly blue lately. I feel like there's never been a game when Georgia Tech was playing, and I'm like, oh, who's that? I know yeah. it's them. That's not a problem, right? Now let's flip. Let's flip the channel. 
We got Old Miss, whose colors, who is literally like in their logo, are dark blue and red. They wear powder blue a fair a fair amount. Oh yeah. Hold on, folks. Hold on, folks. That's not their fucking color. Like blue is in the scheme, and they're like, listen, we want to be the 1983 St. Louis Cardinals or Phillies, your choice, and start mixing powder blue into the equation, even though it's not there. Not a good choice for the Cardinals. Not a good choice for the Phillies. Not a good choice for Ole Miss. I don't know who's fucking playing. Give me the rambling wreck and the points. I want the rambling wreck as well. Uh, I think Paul Johnson was the old coach of Georgia Tech. He turned him around quite a bit. Yeah, yeah Paul's so, yeah, the Navy coach. Yeah, triple option. Brent Key is a decent coach from the past few years. I don't follow the Big Ten. Well, I do, but like not not the bottom part of it. But in my Georgia Tech has given a lot of good teams a good run, and I think they'll do the same. I do agree with the uniforms. Both teams have not changed their uniforms much at all. I don't think Ole Miss – Old Miss just still has the old Miss with the blue on it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's great. They wear, they wear powder camo. Blue. They wear camo uniforms. We had to find out what <laughs> we did a uniform column. We need a uniform column to put in what they're going to wear, so we can determine this. Because Ole Miss has to. Lane Kiffin's tough. Um, yeah, twenty nineteen and a half. Yeah, these teams. Georgia Tech has a a good. They have a decent team. I, I think they they cover if not if not win this game. This might be a good money line play. I'm gonna take Ole Miss also, but I think the the number to play here is the under. It's sixty three and a half. No, I'm not playing any unders with Lane Kiffin involved. They don't score more than forty. Do you think Georgia Tech can score twenty? I do. You could tell you could tell me any score out there, and I'd say that could be the score of this game. I just don't know. Fair. Yeah, you could put ten bucks to win seventy-two. You're doing money line draw. So yeah, seven. So one. that's well, yeah, yeah. seven, seven point two to seven point two. Yeah, I like that. That's... Seven, seven and seven and change to one. Yeah. I, I saw something. I saw something this week where totally not SEC related, but if you bet Notre Dame on the money line against Ohio State, it would be like twenty to one. What are they playing them? What? Which seems like insane value. That's this. I thought Saturday or next Saturday. They play them next week. Next Saturday, week four. Color me crazy, but is Ohio State that good? So I guess uh, the house divided. There was three and three on each side. Yeah, this is going to be one of those games. I would definitely stay yeah. away from. But um, speaking of the game, um, I, I'm i interested to watch. I'm kind of curious. Um, of course, it'll be on at the same time as the Gator game, so I won't see anything but highlights. BYU traveling to Arkansas. Arkansas is an eight-and-a-half-point home favorite, 50-and-a-half-point over-under. Uh, both teams are two and two. Uh, they they played subpar opponents uh, last week. Arkansas beat Kent State twenty eight to six, and um, 
I, I watched some highlights. It was an extremely boring game. Uh, their offense sputtered um, against a pretty not great team. Um, now, in this game last year, K.J. Jefferson showed up. Um, now, it was early in the season. It was before he started slipping. Uh, and the Hogs beat uh, BYU 52-35. to 35. Uh, but this year, I expect uh, the scores to be lower um, as both teams have not looked that comp- that wonderful on offense. Uh, I'm going to take – but I'm going to go ahead and take BYU uh, on the road. I don't have any reason to trust Arkansas yet, so there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the other side of this and lay the points. Um, I don't – I just – BYU really hasn't played anyone in Arkansas – easily cover this number in Provo last year. So I expect that to continue at home in Fayetteville. Right. How about, um, how about Jim? Yeah, I think this one will be close. Um, I think the BYU, I mean, you think about BOU, the, the Mormons are pretty disciplined. They're going to keep Jefferson in check and force <laughs> him to make amazing plays. And he might. You probably will towards the end of the game. I see this being a close one, but eight points. I like BYU in that one. This is tough. Massive consistency in uniforms here. Uh, Arkansas and BYU, man. Uh, you can set, yeah, you can set your watch to this entire game. Uh, tough. Yeah, lots of like here. Um, ugh, I don't know. I guess I'll just go with the home team since we're going there. So I'll take Arkansas, but uh, I, I, obviously I don't have strong feelings about it since these teams are just, uh, they're a model for the rest of college football is what I would say. So I actually got a, a voicemail from Gus, believe it or not, from Scotland. He may have had a few drinks, but um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try to bring it up here. Hold on. So, uh, I'm taking uh, BYU because Arkansas used to have a coach by the name of Lou Holtz. And Lou Holtz has a list, and I hate list. I'm going with the Mormons. <laughs> Wasn't Gus a big Brett Bielema guy, too, at some point? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, I think it was his, his wife. Mm. Yeah. I think we all had appreciations for Bielema. Uh, the the original. In different yeah. respects. And now I needed a grill it. cover. I think the uh, Mormons are a little <laughs> perturbed over Mitt Romney not running again. So I, I don't think they'll be in check. So uh, I'll take the hogs. Oh. That's a real, it's, it's, it's an interesting connection. You know me. Well, that'll do it for the Bourbon Boys podcast. I want to say thank our sponsor, Pandemic Sauce Company. That's pandemicsaucecompany.com. Enter code Bourbon Boys at checkout for a discount. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, follow, and share this episode with your friends. And uh, make sure and use multiple platforms. It helps out a lot. Um, any last thought, fellas? Uh, go I Gators. Mean, go Gators. Right. I'm sure if you if I if you asked me this Saturday morning, I'd be picking the Gators. So, you know. Yeah. Fuck, the, fuck the balls. I know. I'm. I'm looking at myself in that lonely little island there. But uh, when we're all kind of pseudo sober in a, in a in a sense, uh, well, thank you to our guests, uh, Larry, former um, Bourbon Boy, and 
Jim, repeat offender, I mean, um, repeat guest, uh, for malt liquor. citrus without a UAT. Right. I love that one. That's a great one. That needs to be back on a shirt. So for malt liquor, Gus, our producer, Dr. Riffick, I am Cousin Bailey saying go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.